Good evening and welcome to the Champaign uh, City Council study session for Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. We have experienced Champaign-Urbana's annual update. <coughs> and I'm going to just turn it over to our panelists. Uh, good afternoon, or good evening, I should say. I almost said good morning earlier, so I'm a little off off kilter here. But uh, uh, happy to be here uh, to talk about uh, our partnership with Experience Champaign-Urbana. Uh, we've been uh, partners with uh, what was first the Champaign County Convention and Visitors Bureau in 1982, and then Visit Champaign County, and with their most recent rebranding, uh, Experience Champaign-Urbana. Uh, and as you recall, our Funding is based on a formula of 0.75% of our hotel motel tax. Uh, so uh, I'm going to just really turn it directly over to Jane. She can talk about kind of what uh, what they do for us and and uh, the impact they have on on Champaign County and in particular uh, on the city of Champaign because uh, we have. Uh, uh, 25 of the total of 44 hotels in Champaign County and the two major conference facilities are located in Champaign. So we definitely benefit from destination tourism. So with that, I'll turn it over to Jane Deleuze. Thank you very much. And it's great to see all of you. Um, I do hope your popcorn flavors are okay. If not, let, let us know. We can always switch around and glad that we could feed the mayor uh, for dinner. So uh, it's a good evening so far. Um, I also would like to welcome uh, Matthew and Stacy are from Whereabout, and these are our uh, strategic planning consultants all the way from Portland, Oregon. And they drove up, they've been, they're tag teaming with my counterpart in the Alton area. So they did Alton the last couple days in that beautiful icy weather, um, and then drove up here this evening and had their first restaurant stop and looked for a place that was near city, the city building, Golden Harbor. So they, they got their taste of Chinese coming into this, but I want to welcome them to our fine city here. So tonight, uh, we just want to talk a little bit about things that have been going, things that are coming up, and opportunities to answer any questions. Hopefully, um, since you have such a packed agenda that we can make this an open dialogue um, at the end, and I'm happy to, to answer any questions or clarify any, any of the information provided. So talking about the good news, um, when you look at the overall hotel motel tax revenue in Champaign, we are breaking all-time records in fiscal year 23 and continuing to grow this year in fiscal year 24. If you look at the numbers there with the graph at 4.09 million in FY23 from 3.19 million in FY19 pre-pandemic. So it kind of you can see the trend there from when people were not traveling. And then when they started to travel in FY22, primarily for outdoor events, and then in FY23, full force with all types of business coming to this area. We do often measure um, the success about hotel tax revenues, but I want to make sure that we point out it impacts tax revenue streams in sales tax, food and beverage, video gaming, gas, and also support for our various um, small businesses. Overall, for Champaign County, we're also breaking all-time records, and as you can see, 5.48 million for fiscal year 23, and outpacing what we did in fiscal year 22, all the way back to fiscal year 19. 
I'll also share these slides with y'all after this so that, because there's a lot of information that's going to be on here, and I want to make sure if you have any questions or we need to follow up afterward about a specific slide or a specific area that you want more info, we'll be happy to do so. So what does this mean for the impact, economic impact of travel and tourism? Numbers that we get through tourism economics showing for the county area that we supported 4,900 jobs, which is a 14.8% increase from the previous year. Yes, this is for 2022 because it is shows numbers and they're about a year behind in how they do the numbers and getting them to us. This generates 160.8 million in payroll, which is a 17% increase through $608.8 million in visitor spending, which is a 21% increase, bringing $17.3 million in local taxes to be invested back to the community, which is a 21.4% increase. I also wanna point out that we are the eighth highest spending in Illinois in terms of our area, and not that we're competitive, but we are outpacing bigger populations in Illinois. This shows the growth in Illinois, both not only population, but the work that's being done to bring visitors to this area and future residents. Well, we talked a little bit about Experience Champaign-Urbana, and I think it came time that we needed to tell our story a little bit different. We are very, very competitive marketplace across the country. And when people would Google, they don't Google a county, most likely. Oftentimes, they would go to places and not even know what the county is. They would Google by the city, or Google by an attraction, or Google another reason why they might want to be coming there. So we recognize it was time to look at some rebranding and see, before we made that decision, what our residents thought. So we worked and did surveys and focus groups with residents, business owners, and stakeholders, and we talked about the community to those within Illinois and those outside the Midwest. And I do want to point out we did this in collaboration with our colleagues at the um, EDC, at the Economic Development Corporation. Results indicated that over 50% of respondents say they live in Champaign-Urbana, even if in one of the surrounding communities. And the further out they go, the most times will be like, I'm from Champaign, even if they're in St. Joe, if they're in Muhammad, if they're in Rantoul. And I think it's kind of funny because oftentimes people will say, oh, that's near Chicago. Do you know my aunt? She lives in Chicago. And yeah, we all know each other in Illinois, but I always get a kick out of that. But I think the results were really true in terms of what, how people associate and how people talk about our community. So we did some advertising testing in a year leading up to the rebrand. In digital advertising, we replaced Champaign County with Champaign-Urbana using near identical campaigns. The click-through rates doubled driving more people to the website. And we have seen as a result of these efforts from July to December of this year, of this last year in 23, website traffic increased by 15.6%, generating 26.7% more activity. So clicks to our blogs, clicks to our event calendar, which by the way, our event calendar still is the number one um, place that people visit on our website. And a recent campaign that Terry restructured on our team with WGN saw double the responses from the 2022 campaign using Experience Champaign versus um, Visit Champaign County. We believe that our community is brilliant and we need to share these stories. From wide prairie skies to innovation changing the world, this is our why. 
to residents, and to visitors. Along with that came a website update. We love interactive features. We love that people look at those versus just listings. And so now there's a new interactive map that's featured on the homepage, and each city within our area is featured a description and three business or attraction callouts that are rotated regularly. So if you go to that and you're like, why is that business versus this business um, included, those will continue to rotate out. So we talk about all the areas. With Champaign specifically, we have a, a two of those. So we have Champaign as a whole, and then the, the box that you see here is downtown Champaign. So that's a total of six businesses that will be rotated um, throughout the, the, on a regular basis, and we're excited about this, and we've seen people engage with that and give some great comments back to making it a little bit more fun, a little bit more playful, versus here's Champagne. What does that mean? What is Champagne? Tell us about Champagne. And this map has been a great addition to the area. Another thing that we're really diving into is visitor data. We don't want to just have anecdotal information that says, hey, this is a great place to go. We know it is, and here's where people are going. So we have contracted with Zartico, and they collect data through three different ways, through credit card spend, through cell phone location data, and through ticket purchases. It is anonymous. I know a lot of people are always like big brother watching in terms of people knowing you're, where you are at all times. And then it's reduced to sample sizes for qualitative data. So excluding campus, Champaign has 28.4% of the visitors to the Champaign County area. Top destinations for visitors include Marketplace Mall, Dodds Park, Hessel Park, Westside Park, Illinois Terminal, Christie Clinic, and Big Grove Tavern. Random, it might feel like, but these are the ways that what we're finding is we identify specific districts and then also points of interest within those districts. We're finding that visitors, or the data is showing that visitors are spending an average of $169 per person per day in Champaign, and food is the top sector with 50.8% of all spend. This particular slide has a lot of information on it. If you really enjoy data or would like more information about it, we can pull reports looking at different areas. We've done it during specific time frames. We've done it from um, a, an area like the stadium or like Rantoul Sports Complex because people want to see where they're going when they're coming to compete for their tournament. Where do they then go? Where are they staying? What are they doing while they're here? That's important information for all of us to know. So we'll be happy to share more information and more specifics about this data. Speaking of the Rantoul Family Sports Complex, remember when I talked about those hotel tax revenues in fiscal year 22? We were up in this area because that complex was open. People were not going indoors to conferences, but they were playing sports outdoors. And they don't, they're in Champaign. That this complex is a huge impact on our hotels, on our restaurants, on our retail. And it does fill the area throughout the season, which is April to November, and it has cross-visitation across the entire region. This picture you're seeing right here is U.S. quad ball. And if you're not familiar with quad ball, but you might be a Harry Potter fan, this is Quidditch. It is the new name for Quidditch to separate itself from J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter books. And so it is U.S. qualified, which we hosted the Midwest qualifier, the first U.S. quad ball Midwest qualifier in Illinois. 
Along that, we bid on and will be hosting the national U.S. quad ball. Quad ball. That may seem like an interesting one, but this is your non-traditional athlete. When we talk about being a welcoming community, when we talk about bringing in all types of people that come to this area, it has to be beyond our trip, typical soccer players and football players. Those are all very important. Sports tourism is huge for us. But quad ball is the example of bringing in your non-traditional athlete. And let me tell you, they're completely competitive. This is, there is no mercy in terms of watching them play. It's a very, very competitive sport. Other events that we've hosted is D1 National Youth Football, National Softball Association, the Senior Games, and many, many other ones. And last year, we spent thousands of dollars on events impacting Champaign. I know we're going to talk about IHSA basketball here tonight. The, all these kind of sporting events are not free. We pay bid incentives. It is competitive. We have to keep up with our marketplace to bring in sport events to this area, and it's even starting to happen in some of the meetings and conferences. Not necessarily a bid incentive, but a little bit like, will you cover transportation when you were taking people from the I Hotel to downtown Champaign and they need transportation back and forth? It is important for those events to come here, but it is an investment because the return on investment is huge for our area. Speaking of sports, the impact of youth basketball. I can't tell you, if you haven't been to the state tournament yet, please let me know if you want to come this year. It is an amazing, competitive, fast-paced environment. The first year we hosted, we, hit, we saw 34,449 people at that event, and that was during the Big Ten tournament. I will say it's kind of helped that Fighting Illini exited the Big Ten tournament early, hate to say that, but it brought a lot of people that would have been at the Big Ten men's basketball tournament to the high school tournament. It increased in, in the, last year, in 2023, to 40,635 people. This event is millions of dollars to our area. And similar to the marathon, it's a sense of community pride to be the, once again, after a minor 25-year hiatus, to host the basketball back here. I want to also share the very following week, we host the Middle School Boys and Girls Basketball Championships. Because it's during spring break, we're able to use the ARC, the Activities and Recreation Center. But because the 7th and 8th grade boys cannot play on campus because of recruiting possibilities, they have to play off campus. And so we utilize Leonard Recreation Center the first year. They've outgrown that, and we're using area high schools to be able to host this tournament. The first year, 88 teams. The second year, 130 teams. This year, they're expecting over 150 teams. During spring break, think about the impact of what that means for our hotels, our restaurants, retail, our gas. This is a huge tournament. We pay a bid incentive for them to come here, and we're hoping they'll make it their home here for years to come because it coincides very well with the high school tournament the week before. And yes, we're excited the full marathon is returning. We appreciate Mayor Finan and everybody involved that was able to help bring that back to this area. It is a new route. It will cover Champaign, Urbana, and Savoy this year. So it is a new full marathon route than what it was previously. We're expected to return to over 12,000 participants 
We're not sure if we'll get back to the glory days when it first started and there was close to 20,000 participants. It's a different world in terms of running now. However, it's wonderful, wonderful opportunity to be able to bring in that many more people with the full marathon. I hope Mr. Kowalski will represent the city and be running. Half or full? Half, okay, all good, all good. Also during that time uh, with the marathon, we do host the 27th mile, which is the, the event after the full. We host the fourth mile on Friday night after the 5K. And most important, what I love is that we have the wooden nickel program, which featured last year 32 local businesses um, with discounts around the area, 21 of which were, in, were champagne businesses. This, and we keep it open for a week after, so residents are able to use those discounts for the whole week following the marathon weekend. It's a great way to showcase our small businesses. Now, we talk a lot about weekends. They get all the press. There, people know when people are in town. People see the soccer cleats out at the Marketplace Mall. But what we really have to focus on and continue to focus on is our weekday traffic. Our meetings and conferences, though not quite the excitement in terms of some of the names of the conferences that come here compared to sports, which is a little bit easier to relate to sometimes, but it's so important to utilize the iHotel and Expanded Illinois Conference Center, the Hilton Garden Inn. Those are our primary conference centers. And because of the expansion of the Illinois Conference Center, we're able to bring in larger groups. The hotel is not big enough for all the people that would come in, so we're using a lot of um, overflow to the H's, the Hilton, the Homewood 2, the, uh, what am I got? I'm missing, H2. H2, we got them all right in, in the Holiday Inn, all the H's. Now, we're looking, we've hosted, there's been a couple conferences, this one that was this last year, we're very, or just happened in September, the iPress conference, which was the International Conference on Digital Preservation, 2,000 attendees from around the world, not all of them were in, on site, a lot of them were online, but there was a huge number of people, a number of international, again, going back to being a welcoming community to our international population. Very successful conference. The uh, librarians, the IELTS conference, October, over 300 school librarians from across the state. The BASF in June, 250 agricultural professionals and attendees from across the country. That's just a small sampling of the conferences and meetings that are coming during weekday and, and creating economic impact during this weekday traffic. I will say we have a new partnership with the university. They have finally, it's been about 10 years in the making, have finally dedicated a person, Crystal Grace is the person who got the, the position, to be the director of conferences and events. So if you remember a few years back, we bid on an event that was gonna be for about 3,000, 3,500 people, and it was gonna be electricians. We lost out to Ann Arbor, remember? Yeah, and Ann Arbor undercut us, but whatever, we'll, we won't go on to that. I'm not bitter at all, am I? Um, but we recognize the potential of what that conference can mean to the university during the summertime. We don't have a major convention center, but we got a lot of space on, on, on campus that we can use during the summertime. The university, in doing that time, we had 10 different contacts that we worked with. Somebody at the State Farm Center, somebody at Cranert Center, somebody at the Union. All of them were very kind to work with, but it was a lot of coordination. And they finally now have a person 
and her staff that are gonna coordinate all of those people. So now when we bid on an event, we have one point of contact, we'll still talk with all the other ones because they need to know what our needs are, but it's so important because when we go to trade shows, we go to our largest trade show in August, this person will go with Caitlin on our team and do meetings together. We are losing business to other university campuses that utilize their space and haven't really prioritized it. So it is now a priority to really, really sell our campus for the summertime. Can you tell them a little passionate about that? I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And speaking of food, beyond our popcorn, we're starting the eighth annual restaurant week this Friday. This is so much fun. So if you made New Year's resolutions, I apologize because there are a lot of places uh, to go out there. And this, since this slide, I can tell you, you're hearing it first tonight, that we reached 50 participating restaurants. The 50th is Suey's Barbecue. They turned, I got their form today. They are gonna be part of it. So 50 restaurants, 30, that'd be 34 restaurants in Champaign, and we have 12 new participants, 11 of which are in Champaign. What a wonderful opportunity to celebrate our local cuisine in this area. Please visit curestaurantweek.org and look at the special menus and figure out where you might go. It's special pricing. It's a great way to try new restaurants or new dishes. Last year, our st website stats, 68,464 visits, 19,300 unique users. That is huge for a restaurant week in a community our size. We're super excited about it and wear your stretchy pants for the week. A little bit, and, and I brought in front of you the experience guide. As you know, we've talked about this in the last year or so, we've moved to kind of a different format. We really wanna share stories. Data is found on your phone, it's found on your laptop. We don't need to do a whole guide for, full of listings we want to, again, focus on the why people want to choose to be here. I'm very proud of it, and I try to give her a shout-out every year because I think we're about the only destination marketing organization that has a person in-house that writes this, designs it, and produces it, well, printer prints it, but does all of that work in-house. Majority of people like us use ad agencies at a much higher cost. <laughs> so no, don't tell Terry that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're very, Terry just does an amazing job with guest editors and other people that um, do editorials on restaurants, shops, outdoor activities, recreation. We utilize this guide. When people think that print isn't a way to go, we utilize this guide at area rest stops and definitely at all of the new faculty orientations, new staff, New, we have them at businesses, we have them at people's offices, whoever requests them, we deliver guides and make sure that people have those. Definitely welcome bags for conferences, whoever wants them. And it's, it's just, it's a storybook. It's much more um, inclusive than, than, than a guide that's a bunch of listings. Also can't forget our social media reach. Um, I love Marcus on our staff. He has a great way of going in and talking to our businesses and, and just helping them tell their stories. Um, our Facebook is, is up to 11,301 followers, Instagram at eight, almost 8,500 followers, and TikTok is getting in there with 1,800 followers. He has reached and helped reach a big part of the U of I student population, which has been one that's been a harder one to reach. 
And it's a great way. So you can see here Cafe Kopi um, being featured there. And then on the right, the new mural at the public health district. So again, social media is completely important and being able to tell the stories of our businesses and the people. Another project that's been in the works for quite a while and one that we're very proud of because we want this to be a welcoming and accessible destination. So in collaboration with Community Choices, featuring local businesses with accommodations for physical and cognitive disabilities, we've rolled out Accessible CU. These are not self-evaluations. This is not a business who says, oh yeah, we're accessible, come see us. These are rated on a process that's developed by community members with, members with disabilities. Again, whether it's a physical disability or a cognitive disability, and over 80 businesses are featured to date. This has been so well received, and we're excited to continue it, and we've just invested in an app that will help source businesses to be able to further our reach with being able to do it. It's very staff intensive with the folks from Community Choices. They are a great organization, and we're very proud to partner with them. Oh, this is one of my favorite days, I tell you. Everybody knows what Kayla Brown is doing at Firedoll, and it was so fun to nominate her for the Illinois MADE program. That's an exclusive program. It is a nomination one. CBPB was, is also one of our Illinois makers, as well as a few other places in the area. And um, not only was Firedoll Studio selected, Kayla's was selected as one of five women-owned businesses invited to the kickoff conference, press conference with Governor Pritzker. And I tell you, he was very excited about her candle that smelled like Fruit Loops. I don't know what that says about his taste, but he really liked that one. And he took time to engage. Look at the smile on her face. This is an opportunity that we were able to pr help provide. I mean, she won it. We just nominated her. But being able to be seen on a state level. And this is an exclusive class that gets special recognition on a state level. We want to make sure that we have other businesses, small businesses that are included. Before, but I always want to say they have to have a brick and mortar. It can't be someone that just does pop-ups and things like that. It has to be brick and mortar because it has to be a visitor destination. But being featured in Enjoy Illinois advertising and marketing campaigns, I couldn't, it's just, it's, it was such a fun day to sit there and witness that. And I have to laugh, the gentleman that's photobombing in the back is my counterpart at Peoria. And I just had all sorts of words for it. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was good. They had, they had a person there as well. Um, I could talk your ear off about the Champaign County African American Heritage Trail, but I will just say we're making wonderful, wonderful progress. Last week, before all that lovely weather, we were able to finally get installed the sculpture at Skeleton Park. And it is spectacular. It is Preston Jackson, a well-known sculptor that, that created it. I can't wait for all of you to see it when the park reopens. Um, in that picture there is Barbara Suggs Mason and Angela Rivers, a co-chair of our trail project. And it's taken so much to get into this park. And this park has been 1.2 acres of basically just walk by, Maybe there was a bench, I think a couple benches. And now, not only having the performance area to engage with, but the musical instruments to play and the lighting that people will make at this place that people will go and engage. And then when we create the Hall of Fame that rep 
recognizes African-American musicians from this area is pretty stellar. It's, it's so, so exciting to see that. In addition to the Skeleton Park project, which is a signature project of the overall trail, we've installed nine of the larger signs. The one in the picture there to the left is the one that was in Campus Town, and a very important story um, on the Champaign side. Um, important story, though, talking about the demonstrations when African Americans were recruited to come to school here but couldn't eat on campus and couldn't live on campus. I know that story of Project 500 has been more in lately that people have seen about it. I didn't grow up in Champaign, but I went to school here. I never knew that. I never had, had knew that history. And now that current students and visitors and residents and people can appreciate just what has happened and be able to share those stories. So that one particular, um, there's, there's, there's just, it's, it's going to continue to grow. Uh, we hope to have the 20 signs um, installed, I would say by fall, it's, it's kind of a rough estimate because it takes a while to get this information because it's not as simple as just Googling it. It's, we're finding it in scrapbooks that are in family members' basements or attics. Um, it is, it's pretty impressive to see the work and the stories that are coming to life. Uh, we did just uh, have an app that started uh, with the Heritage Trail. We have the website that was created. Um, the tours will start hopefully by this summer. We're going to plan to do some tours just to trial them so we can do the timing of them and in partnership using the Champaign Park District's bus that has the mural on the bus. So super excited as we continue this, this project. But it's definitely a little bit taking longer than we thought, but it's thoughtful. We want to do it right when we tell these stories. Uh, filming is in Champaign County. Yes, the film office is hopping. Um, this last year, we assisted six productions, and our assistance can range from everything to helping them find what the permitting is, which they can find through our website now with the film office. It's also helping them identify places. Uh, the park, parking deck, thank you, Chris Kester, to help us work for the Champaign parking deck to use for filming. My favorite one was a filmmaker that wanted to use Sam's Cafe at nighttime and wanted to know if they should uh, let the police know. I said, that, I mean, meaning the actors would be police in Sam's Cafe. I think you might want to let people know at night that we're going to be filming inside Sam's Cafe. I got a kick out of, of that one. Um, they're all over the area. Uh, we did a, a film tour with um, agents from the Chicago area as well as the ones that have moved here to Champaign. We showcase downtown Champaign, area neighborhoods. And the thing, if you've seen in the media this past week, we're creating an inventory of assets. This is very important to courting film producers, is being able to say, what are buildings? What are ones that could be used? We won't list private houses until people are able to identify that so it doesn't become an invasion of privacy. But it's a great way to say the unique features, whether it's campus, whether it's farmland, whether it's brick. One of the requests we got was for a brick road and a house that was mid-century uh, architecture. I mean, it was like, it's some interesting requests that we get for filmmakers, but we work very hard to uh, be able to accommodate the request. So filming is growing, and film is economic impact for our community. In collaboration with the EDC, we continue our work on the Shambana Welcome Crew Program. I can't 
it's just so awesome for the fact that we have, these are your ambassadors. We have 57 ambassadors across all backgrounds, served 176 new and potential residents. That's pretty cool. I love this program. People are paired with an ambassador. They, are, they can be a similar interest. They can pick out who the ambassador is. They're all featured on the website with it. And they can have a conversation about honest, honest things. They can have a conversation about best daycares, or they can have an honest conversation as where is an LGBTQ plus welcoming area. So young professionals are the top age group and are highly interested in arts and culture and outdoor opportunities. We're doing new to CU mixers, hosting quarterly events. This photo was a fall mixer that was at Jupiter's of the Crossing, and it was sponsored by Unit 4 School District with over 80 attendees that connected during that event, both new and potential residents along with our ambassadors. We also kicked off the community job application, and this is a great way to look for leads for job seekers and potential residents. The leads are distributed to area employers via a weekly talent roster. There is a Champaign County recruiters network that um, both Terry from our staff and Carly from the EDC are heavily involved in working with them. And it captures areas of interest to promote quality of life and then again, connect directly with the Shambana welcome crew. How that all works, a recruit responds to the branding campaign it links to the community job application, then a resume or a lead sent to employers or connect with the Shambana Welcome Crew Ambassador, successful hire and placement, they get a familiarization tour or attend welcome events, and at the end of the day, they share a positive experience about living in our community or potentially moving to our community. This is a really important part to our talent attraction, and it's happening and the major employers in our area are on board with it and supporting it, and we need to continue to make that happen because it's truly important about growing the population and making sure that people here have a great time, great quality, quality experience when they work, first when they visit here, but then when they work and live here as well. I could talk to y'all all night, but I won't do that. I'll be able to answer questions. This is the people who get stuff done. This is our team. This is our board of directors. This is our foundation board of trustees. This is an awesome crew. I want to shout out to Council Member Pianfetti for serving on our board, to Assistant City Manager Ms. Walls for also serving, and your two community representatives, Shayla Matuka and My Michael McDonald. Also to Rob, having served over a decade, I believe it was, serving on the board, so thank you, Rob. Again, we feel very appreciative of our partners, like you all, in the work that we do. We're appreciative of our board, and I'm grateful every day for our team because they work their tails off on behalf of Champaign. So that's my story. Thank you, are there any technical questions? None? All right. Any, do you, do you have technical? Okay. Councilmember Pianfetti, do you have technical? I just, uh, sure. 
Thank you, Jane, for your presentation. Um, you had mentioned about the data, and I, I, I know the answers and stuff, but can you just explain, just because I know there are people watching at home, and um, when you get that data, can you sort of explain you know, kind of what you do or your staff does as well with this data to kind of, you know, take it to the next level. Um, and, you know, so people know that it's not just like you take the data in, but there are things that actually, um, or what the plan is for doing with the data. The most, most important part of the, of the data is to help guide our marketing decisions. At the end of the day, we are your marketing agency for the city, for all of the areas within the greater Champaign-Urbana area. And when you have data versus just thinking like, well, this is where we want to place this ad, we want to see where people are coming from, we want to see when they're coming, and we want to be able to see what they do while they're here. And that's what this data is showing us. So it's true data versus just surmising, oh, it's a busy weekend. I will say also with this data from, from Zartico that I just gave you a very snippet of, they're introducing a new platform in February that we're going to be able to tap into that will help us look at not just hotel data over a month period, but over to pin it, point it down to a weekend. So we'll be able to look in the future and say, look at all the reservations. Do we know what that's for? Are we doing the right thing? Are we marketing in the right way to get there? It will also be able to provide us other types of this, this visitor spending data because I think it's important to give feedback to our businesses. We will be able to say not just like, well, we, we kind of did that promotion on that. Did it go well? Yeah, I think it went well. Did we get some feedback on it? Yeah, we got feedback on it. But this is the data helps us strategize our marketing decisions for promoting this community near and far. Deputy Mayor. Thank you for your presentation. Hey, what's, what type of uh, strategies do you, um, like one of the things that we see is that people like go to events such as, dang, I know, I should, I'm trying to think of another event. I know how to answer, ask this question. How do we keep people downtown at downtown events after the event is over? I think it, it, a couple different ways. I think an important part is the businesses themselves being open. Um, I think it has to be the hours that, that people want to have. Let's say you have an event that's in the afternoon, and then one of the, like a retail business closes at 6 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking retail businesses because those people work really, really hard for a really hard return on investment. It's a tough business. But if we know that there's going to be a special event that is going to bring an influx of people, having them be open during an extended hour, even if it's just to 8 o'clock, being able to have them have something that I think that's an important way to involve our retail. I think with our restaurants and bars, I'm, I'm appreciative that they have days off. But sometimes when we have a conference that comes in and they want Monday, night to be a place that they can come downtown and several of our places aren't open. So we're trying, we want to work with our businesses, appreciating the fact that they have, they need that time off and have really, you know, they have hardworking people that need that time off. But we also want to time it so that we can, when we know there's going to be an influx of people for a special event, for a conference, for a dine around, 
uh, whatever it's for, that we provide them the best experience. And then I think for to, to, to go into later night, I think that's a whole different interesting discussion if we're looking at, if, or if you're talking about 1030 to 1, what that looks like. I think that would be a different discussion that we would have to, to have um, and give some more thought on how to strategically program the downtown space for the late night, if that's what you're looking no, at as well. Just in, yeah. So that all-inclusive, um, that from the late night to, I know a lot of traffic is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, some Sunday. Am I, like, the main traffic downtown is really Thursday through Sunday? With Sunday being, you know, depending on if there's an event or something going on? This, this time of year is, is highly, because of the weather, such a lovely evening to welcome our guests uh, in town. The sport events create, like if there's a basketball game, yeah. 8 o'clock basketball games are tough for those of us who would prefer them earlier, but it's great for downtown businesses because if you come downtown on a Wednesday night in an 8 o'clock game, we see a lot of traffic for that. And the businesses know that. They're aware of what those schedules are. What we do want to see, and I know Bruce and Rob with the um, planning association they had the conference was doing a dine around or having a, where everybody came downtown. Those are targeted nights that we then share with the businesses, hey, expect 150 planners from this conference that were in, th uh, in sessions all day. They're going to be here in the evening. We want to build on that traffic. We want to get them out of the hotel or session, wherever they've had that, and bring them to this area. Yeah. And that's something going back to transportation that we'll be talking about is, do we look at a shuttle that gets people that goes from the iHotel area to downtown to campus town to move people in one vehicle, going back to our sustainability, versus having people all drive their cars and perhaps not needing to drive their car after they've been to a couple of the bars. So I think it's important for us to strategize of what that can look like because that could really, really help us to look at a downtown, um, downtown campus town, yeah. I'll call it the I-Hotel, um, stop for uh, shuttle. Yeah, that, that's, I, got, I guess I got maybe too many questions, but um, that makes me think about summer traffic when there isn't, like, the campus to kind of, you know, events. So how, are, how do businesses navigate through that, that space? And maybe perhaps not just downtown, like you said, but downtown. Um, we have out by Carl at the Fields and uh, Curtis Road um, interchange or exchange. Um, yeah, how, do we, how, do, how are we navigating that? Part of it is just awareness. I'm amazed at even our own residents. We have to, to further, there's an internal campaign to our community about downtown businesses and even what's out of the fields. And then there's an external. We take care of the external in a pretty good way, if I must say so myself, in terms of reaching 50 miles and out. But internally, we've got to do, all of us do better at building resident ambassadors and understanding that they've got to support our businesses for them to be not just profitable, but just to sustain themselves year after year. Because it's a tough business for our, our small businesses. And, but our local businesses are what make us unique. We've all got, you know, the big box stores, and those are great too. Sales tax is awesome wherever it comes from. But what makes us unique, and what I've been telling Matthew and Stacy, what makes us unique is the amount of small businesses that are unique to this area. And we have to support those as residents.
Thank you. Hey, well, it's Member Shannon. Um, so I guess this is kind of a comment, kind of a technical question. You did talk about transportation, and uh, as you know, I'm super interested in that. I was wondering if um, there's any idea of expanding that, like, for example, from the Rantoul Sports Complex even to Champaign. I, I imagine at some point they're going to start building their own hotels down there. And, you know, we're going to get fewer hotel stays out of that. But I would love to see us get as much um, of the restaurant and bar and entertainment business out of that as possible. And a shuttle might be helpful. Make it very easy. We all know there's tons of parking downtown. But I imagine all of us have heard the, oh, I don't want to go downtown because there's nowhere to park thing. So adding a shuttle service makes it seem easier to go places. And if you're going with a group of people, it makes it easier and more fun to explore. So I was just wondering, I, you've already said that you're talking about transportation and shuttles. Um, are they going, is there any thought of bringing them all the way to the Rantoul Sports Complex? I will say that hasn't been on the top of the list yet, but I first want to address the hotels. Rantoul is looking one hotel, maybe two hotels. Those are select service hotels. Those are not conference center hotels. It's not going to threaten Champagne or Urbana hotels at all. We will only, we continue to bring in more events to the sports complex, which every single sporting event at that sports complex impacts Champagne. So it's the, the new hotel, there will be some sense for that, but we have so much need for those weekends and a ton of weekends. It only brings in more groups to this area. So, so I like the idea of a shuttle from Rantoul to here. I'd love to add that. I'm, I'm looking at Matthew and Stacy because we're going to go into our strategic planning sessions um, tomorrow. And I should have mentioned that, by the way, as we work on Destination 2027. Y'all were all sent a uh, survey. I hope you were, take the opportunity that you filled it out. Um, there was 30-minute interviews with key stakeholders, which I appreciate, appreciate Councilman Kyle's filling it out on behalf of the Black Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Councilwoman Prienfetti and Joan Walls were all part of the uh, focus group that we did. And now we're get digging in. They have a strategic perspectives report that they're going to share based on all of that information. But we're going to be talking tomorrow and the next day just about these types of things, of what it looks like strategically for us. And transportation is huge. Um, so shuttles, bike paths. I mean, what's, you know, Kickapoo to Muhammad and Monticello and beyond that with the Regional Planning Commission and park districts and other people are involved is huge to our area for the biking and for safe biking, also safe biking within the cities themselves. Air transportation is pivotal. We had an air meeting today. I went back to my office and Mark, our new director of sports events and film, told me of three bids that required multiple airlines before we could even bid on it. Think of what, you know, the importance of transportation from planes, trains, automobiles, bikes, whatever you want to say it, collectively and what that means for our visitor economy. I will say that uh, our state conference, Illinois uh, American Planning Association conference is here next fall. It's four to 500 people and we plan to work with VO to have uh, bikes parked down there to allow people to transport themselves uh, to different parts of the community. So 
Yeah, I think the, the bikes and, and scooters are amazing. And uh, they worry me sometimes because they go super fast from the ones, that, the electric ones. But I love the use of those. I love the use that students are using them. They sometimes don't leave them in the best places, but they're using them to explore downtown where they may not otherwise have come downtown. And they're doing it because they got a bike and they figured it out. So I think, I think that's even, that's a really good point, Bruce, about um, using those bikes. I love it. We can do group tour. We can do architectural tour as well on bikes. Any other technical questions? Councilmember Gladney. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the presentation. Um, I know in years past it's been talked about how our capacity, uh, uh, our conference center capacity was a little lacking and that we'd missed out on certain types of conferences. And I know, as it was mentioned here tonight, the IA Hotel has expanded their, their conference center uh, capacity. I guess I was curious, where do we stand right now at that? Like, I know you said it's allowed us to maybe increase the types of conferences that we, we've had here, but um, where are we at now with that? Like, can, is, is there the potential to, to, what are we missing out on, I guess, uh, right now? So next to bringing back IHSA basketball, the second question I get the most has always been about a convention center, a true convention center. And we were moving in that direction, and now that's, that's off the table. At first, I, and I'm still sad about it, let's, let's face it. We, we all wanted hockey and the other things that went with it. However, we've pivoted to utilizing existing space. The people at State Farm Center are opening those doors on a much better economical way that allows us to use a larger expansion of footprint for trade shows that we wouldn't have had before. Conferences look different from pre-COVID in terms of people traveling, but using our existing facilities, we're, the, the, the potential is endless. So I think to answer your question, would I love to say that we had a conference center in one space that put us at a higher attendance? Yeah, absolutely. But we don't have that. So I'm not going to worry about what we don't have. I'm going to focus on what we do have and utilize that space and change the philosophy. And this is part of what it took with the university to get them to see themselves in the business of the visitor economy because money is left on the table when they're not bringing in these groups in the summer months. So it's a, it's a, it's a newer way to look at existing facilities. And if we can score a convention center, yeah, I think we could, I, I definitely, we would support what we had planned, but we'll take advantage of what we've already got. And the Illinois Conference Center is, is a good fit. The hard part about the Illinois Conference Center is the hotel rooms were not expanded to equal the number of people that could be hold there. And if we have a shuttle, that goes between, now we've done, we've done, believe me, we are so creative with getting people to say like, you know, the Hilton is right there, the Home 2 is right there, you, the St. Mary's Road, that was amazing because people can just walk that way and people will walk back to those hotels. But if we run the iHotel shuttle or the Hilton shuttle and get people, and a lot of those conferences that we're hosting are driving conferences right now because we get people from all over the Midwest we want to further our footprint of bringing people in from outside Illinois, outside the Midwest, outside the U.S., and that's why our air service development is going to be such an important priority for us. Any others? 
Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue? Seeing none, council comments. Anybody? Councilmember Fulmer. Yeah, I just want to thank you for your presentation. Um, a, a couple of things that are exciting to me. Um, I'm, I'm always very excited about Restaurant Week, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to it again this, uh, this coming week. Um, I'm really excited that uh, the university has... Um, has sort of hopped on board, as you just described, um, as someone who ran conferences at the university. Um, it, it's been a few years now, but it would have been really nice to have someone that I could work with as well. And so um, I think that, that there's, there's a lot of potential there, and I hope that the university is prepared to respond to that potential, because I think... Um, I think that your your point um, was 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 really on that it's very difficult to coordinate anything at the institution because it's so decentralized and you have to work with each department that owns each space and that's virtually impossible for an external partner who's trying to plan a conference. So um, so I hope that that continues to uh, prove fruitful. Um, I'm also very excited about the African American Heritage Trail and uh, I hope to uh, I hope to check out one of those trial run uh, tours at some point in the near future. Um, I one thing that you mentioned, I, maybe I should have asked, but um, you said that, uh, or we talked a little bit about talent attraction, um, and that many local employers are on board. Um, has the UI has the university gotten a on board? Absolutely, with that as well? they okay, were great. actually the original. So great. the three originals were ECU, the EDC, and the U of I. So Dana Cohen, who works in that, overseeing that particular area, works very closely with Terry and Carly and kind of made this the brainchild um, working with, with the university first and foremost okay. and then bringing on the other major employers. But what I actually like the most is now the expansion to working with the Champaign County, the recruiters network, because if you can be with the HR professionals, part of it is just making sure they know that story. So they're not like, yeah, yeah, you want to work here. I think there might be a Best Buy or might be a, you know, a mall or something. We, we have to train our recruiters at all of our, no matter what size of business, to be able to tell that story. And that's what they're doing through this project. So U of I is very much on board. Thank you. Thanks. That's it. Uh, Councilmember Pianfetti. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, and thank you again uh, for your presentation, Jane and uh, Bruce. Um, it, it certainly is my pleasure to be serving on the board of ECU. And, and thank you, uh, Matthew and Stacy, for being here as the strategic consultants and um, for bringing uh, the uh, cool down I guess, or the warm up, I guess, and, and melting the ice here. It's uh, you know much needed, and for you to be able to see our, our community here. Um, you know, I am certainly in uh, support of Alternative One and would be giving the support um, to um, be moving forward um, uh, as directed in, in that alternative. Um, that being said, I've been writing some notes because I am um, really do appreciate all the work that is being done um, through ECU and in particular that you are going through strategic planning and that we are all sort of in this together. Um, and uh, for the work that is being done um, through Champaign County and, and for Champaign, and that 
you know, a lot of times I, I do hear so much of the good work and have this inside um, track on, on what's being done um, and that you as an organization do try to push the vision. You know, my, my comments really are, you know, maybe a call to action for the other partners that are part of this. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, we are the largest funding organization or group. <coughs> Of, of, of the budget and so you know I, I would like to push the other partners to consider their commitment to ECU and um, what they are bringing to the table. Um, I value them very much and I think there is an excitement and an energy there um, for the work that you are doing as well similar to us here in Champaign. Um, but to continue to see you grow and prosper um, sometimes I, I feel a heavy burden that we bring to the table because um, we are all have sustainability projects um, coming out of post-COVID, um, where we have to look at you know how we you know keep things going, initiatives and efforts. So you know my my call to action is to really you know help you do what you set out to do, but it it can't always be you know we have almost half a million dollars that we're bringing to the table. And then sometimes I look at the other budgets and it's not equal. So, you know, I'm just asking them to think about, you know, what do they want from your organization and how you should continue to grow and do the good work and, and how that, that should, should look. Um, that, that comes with transparency and, and how that data looks and the metrics that come and, you know, when you're looking at X event, for example, in Rantoul, um, transparency in that data, you know, what does that really mean for Champaign? If we're bringing half a million dollars to the table, are we getting, what, what does that mean for our investment? Um, I'm not saying anything other, what is the data telling us? Um, so that we know that our investment is um, being being good stewards for our constituents and our our what we're bringing to the table, I guess. Um, but I want to make it clear, I I do believe in the work that you're doing in your staff. Um, I think we have some of the brilliant people here, and we cannot do the work um, without um, the people that you have um, supporting you. Without your work. But I do, this is more for the partners that we um, have sitting at the table. Um, they have to think about how we do this to keep growing and keep making us a brilliant, brilliant community. And for Champaign, for the work that you're doing for Champaign right now, um, I would like to, to see it continue to grow. Um, uh, I love that, uh, you know, Restaurant week, um, you know, 34 restaurants, that's amazing. Um, I know that it, there's a continuation of um, what can be done to continue to grow. I just want to make sure that when we are bringing money to the table, that it is really that valued um, and the value added. Um, again, um, because I do want to end on a positive note as well. I love the accessible CU website. I, I think that that is one of the coolest things um, that we have done 
because of the community that we have here. It's one of the things I think that when we talk, and I've said this before, when we talk sometimes about things like um, DEIA, we don't just talk about it sometimes, but this shows that we actually mean what we are saying. And so our commitment to making sure that we are an inclusive community really does mean that we are inclusive because we are trying our best to make sure that when we say we are a welcoming community, that we are really trying to welcome everybody. Um, and so things like that are what makes me proud to be part of this organization and to be proud of Champaign. Um, so those are things that I see as, as value. Um, when um, I see the different amount of um, activities and the way that you are listening to what the council is wanting to see, like just differences like quad ball <laughs> and um, alternative athletics, um, those are things um, when you um, look at also trying to bring um, women in sports, things like that are what make me very proud and um, of what the organization is doing. So um, making sure that we are our community, uh, that one is, is welcoming and inclusive is um, a hallmark of your organization along with you and your staff. So thank you very much. Anyone else? Uh, Deputy Mayor Kyles. Thank you, Madam Mayor. I too appreciate the work that you have done, you and your team, you and your staff. Um, I like the some points that, number one, you talked about. The I mean, I'm, I like numbers, so I like the fact that you did bring the data. Um, I like the 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 integration of different transport because transportation has brought campus to outside the city. I mean, we have a great um, um, MTD, but let's just face it, no one want, well, students are more likely to take an Uber or Lyft or the bike to, you know, explore or go to somewhere downtown as opposed to a two hour round trip, tip, round trip to, um, um, on an MTD. So it has allowed them to actually explore more of the city as they, and I've seen it with my own eyes, as they wouldn't have through our through traditional um, services. I like the conversation. I think you, I don't think I know you have done uh, what I would say is authentic work in the African-American. Uh, when we, we talked about this years ago um, from the businesses, it hasn't been a one-time visit. There have been several uh, visits and several highlights. There are several... Um, whether it's uh, down the street, Neil Street Blues, CBPB, Suey Brothers, Wooden Hawk, um, Kublis Pop Bliss, um, not, nothing but cakes. I mean, those are the, the things that you have done on a continuous basis, highlighting the diversity in our community, as well as with the, the work, the tremendous work and effort that you and your team have put together on the African American Heritage Trail has been amazing. Um, I would like to... You brought this up the last time you presented and you talked about the power of internal um, traffic. The external traffic is amazing, but the internal traffic is what keeps the businesses going day to day. So any strategies around that would be um, amazing because it's not just uh, the events, 
it's um, what happens during the summer months or what happens uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, those things, those are important to keeping uh, businesses open, particularly um, um, during non-event days. So that's always something. I mean, something that you brought up last time and you talked about becoming a, um, a city cheerleader and, you know, from the standpoint of being able to cheer or to support. Uh, there, I can't tell you there are a lot still people, residents that still live in our community that still don't know about this development or that development, that development. So your work there um, um, is amazing. Um, and well needed. So as it pertains, I wanted to say something. I try to, you know, I could, I, I know what you were getting at, and I wanted to put a response together because there is, um, but I'll save it because I haven't figured out how to say it without saying it in a way that will be productive. But I uh, thank you for the work that uh, you are doing and looking forward to the continuation of that work. Councilmember Gladney. Thanks, yeah. I know I said it before, but uh, thanks for the presentation. Um, particularly, uh, it was very thorough, and it was data-driven, uh, um, which I really appreciate. So it's nice to see, you know, the thing, not only just the things that, you know, Experience CU is doing, but the actual impact it's having on the community. Um, I, I, like, I, mean, I like to hear that the IH, IHSA has extended their contract, because um, that tells me that, you know, it's one thing to, to um, you know, obtain a, an organization to, to come here and whatever, but then for them to be satisfied to the point where they're like, okay, you know what, let's continue to come here. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Um, kind of alluding maybe to Councilmember Kyle's comments, uh, it's important because a lot of what you talked about was um, sort of the, the external traffic that we bring in, um, but I know just from looking at the Experience CU website and following Experience CU on social media, you all do a really great job um, day in and day out of promoting uh, the local, like local businesses and local events, and um, that's, I really appreciate that. And you know, whenever um, you know, we have friends coming in from out of town, it's always this panic of like, okay, so what are we gonna, well, how are we gonna entertain them, you know? Uh, and I always go to the Experience CU website and you have a calendar of events and there's always, um, you know, there's usually always something going on. And that's, you know, I'll be honest with you, that's a refrain I hear sometimes from, from, from folks here in town is like, oh, there's nothing to do in Champaign. Um, there is. Um, but I'll be honest with you, that's a refrain I hear from a lot of people. I mean, I'll, I'll um, I'll talk to friends of mine who live in communities uh, in every part of the country, and they're always saying, like, oh, you know, there's nothing to do, you know. And I don't know if that's just a thing people say because, you know, they're so used to their community that, you know, I don't know. But there's a lot to do in Champaign, um, the city, in Urbana, the county, um, and I appreciate the, um, the job you all do in, in promoting that. And, you know, uh, to me it's actually overwhelming there's so much to do here. Uh, but, you know, we do have restaurant week coming up. It's always a treat. So uh, hopefully uh, I'll see folks out there uh, enjoying some good food. Uh, but thank you again. Deputy Mayor Kyles. Real, really briefly, uh, I caught the football. I caught it. You threw it in the air. I caught it. Thank you for the, the quick um, uh, 
um, not I want to mention of the importance of airport traffic. And I know this is a long-standing conversation. Uh, as residents, we want cheaper flights. We want uh, what's it, travel? One did you go on to get the travel travelocity? We want those flights. And you know, but I, I caught that football and it's in the hand. So I appreciate you bringing it up because air travel is important. Um, but you know, as residents, we definitely uh, we want those cheaper flights. Cheaper flights. We just want flights. <laughs> well, we need more options. Uh, anyone else? Um, so I thank you for the work that you and your staff do, and thank you for the presentation. Um, as far as the data-driven, I think for me, and it sounds like maybe you've got a new program that's coming in, but it, it it's hard without a baseline. It's hard to know, right? So you increased it by fourteen percent, but how do we attribute it to that particular weekend or that? So I'm I'm excited to see more of and would encourage you as you come back with your new tool next year to really drill down what did marathon weekend look like versus a weekend without marathon or you know i i'm it's not that i doubt the information you're providing i just am very curious about all the metrics that i'm hoping that you can you can give us so yay to your your new data tool that's really cool um for me, and maybe it's because I'm channeling my inner Tom Bruno, um, I I always um, I always struggle with the a rising tide lifts all boats, um, and really feeling passionate about the need to be a leader in this space and the importance that it provides not only to our community but community wide. Um, and really being sort of angry at my fellow governmental entities. And, um, you know, when, and, and I might have this wrong, but I think our next nearest contributor is a whopping $15,000. Um, and I recognize we're the big dog. We have the hotel, motel revenue that we are able to contribute. But there has to be a better path forward. And I feel like we've come to a point where we need to convene those leaders, not just at your you know, board level table where it's sort of an awkward conversation, but where we need to really all sit down together and say, this is an important economic development tool. And we don't expect you to contribute at the level that we are blessed to be able to, but you've got to start treating this as something that is important to all of you. And if they can't do that, then I think the focus has to change to a more champagne-centric product um, because we are such a big portion of the pie. And we are really lucky because the work that you provide is work that we don't have to do internally. And you all do it at a level that is 
absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I, um, I don't want to call out any of your staff in particular, but I, I'm thinking of some in my mind that are, you know, the caliber of which is really unmatched and that we would contract out and hope to get somebody as good. Um, so it, it's, it's not a reflection of the work, which is absolutely amazing and that we benefit from and your metrics show that we benefit from. But it is really a call to action to everybody else to recognize the importance of this and looking even, I mean, like when we do regional planning commission, we pay proportionately. We understand that the city of Champaign has more population and more revenue, but, but there has to be a way to do this where the city of Champaign is not carrying all the other entities. And I, I feel like we have this conversation once a year and it goes away. Um, but this is my pledge that I'm going to do my best to make sure it doesn't go away because I think that you all deserve the funding to do even more, as I think Councilmember Pianfetti was saying. Um, and, and I think we all benefit from that, not just the city of Champaign, but all the other entities that are involved. So thank you for the work that you're doing and Hopefully, we can find some ways to have some funding and strategy conversations with our counterparts. So with that, we have alternative one, which is to direct staff to continue to work with ECU, um, implementing their current work plan and their long-range strategic plan, and also to work on preparing a five-year IHSA sponsorship agreement Yay, because we have IHSA um, with ECU. So, Kathy Shannon. Yes. 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 And yes, you have direction. Thank you. We are now at the point of our meeting for general audience participation. If anyone wishes to address the council, please step forward. State your name and city of residence. Please limit your comments to five minutes or less. Finally, my name is Frederick Jeffrey. I currently reside at, in Muhammad, Illinois. But I'm a born and raised person here from Champaign-Urbana. And I'm here for the following reason. I appreciate my time and for what I heard. So I'm hoping that you give me the time to express myself to you. I feel like I have a relevant concern. And way I, uh, it's been, a, it's been, I've, I've been, let me start over. I've been back living in Champaign, Urbana, well, in Muhammad for the last five years since, since the COVID break. But this has been my, this is my heart, Champaign, Urbana. I, I was born here. And one of the things I'd like to see is uh, more economic development in the North End. I'll just use a phrase, the North End. Uh, but my particular concern is that I wanted to, when I came back uh, to stay, I looked into uh, wanting to start a go to culinary school. And the closest culinary school is in Decatur, 
uh, the one I was looking at found out was in Link, uh, um, Springfield. Uh, there was one at Parkland, but it's now closed. And um, I feel there's a need for a culinary school. A qual so, so I don't want to uh, confuse you or myself, so let me just do it this way. What I did was I did an AI lab, app, and I asked this question. I said, I want to start a culinary school in Champaign, Illinois. How would, I, how would you recommend I go about it? And this is what I came up with, or the AI app. Eleven things, research and planning, business plan, legal and regulatory considerations, location and facilities, curriculum development, staffing, marketing and promotion, partnership, accreditation and certification, financial planning, launch and execution. Uh, my concern is the financing, also the location. I feel that it's a viable ideal. I want you to think about it of putting a culinary school right here in Champaign, Illinois. I feel that we could bring in the University of Illinois. I'm talking about a, a high-quality culinary school where it would draw international students as well as local students. I feel this is very important because it will give our local residents, county-wide, uh, an opportunity to explore an employment avenue that will help their needs, their daily needs. Uh, I, I could go on but I really need to do the research, and that's why I'm here. I'm asking if you know how I could go about doing a marketing research for this idea of pr providing a culinary school, a high-quality culinary school in Champaign County, most, most likely the city of Champaign or Banner. It don't, but I do kind of feel it needs to be in the north end. That's what I have. Thank you. So we don't we don't respond to questions from the public from the dais. It's your opportunity to speak to us. Um, so there are some economic development entities in town, and perhaps that's something that after the meeting we could try to connect you with some of those. I would appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, any council comments? Uh, Deputy, uh, no, no, Deputy I, Mayor. I, I, I got you. I, I saw the connection. Uh, sorry. It's been a long day. I just, just before you do that, um, Bruce, if you could talk to <coughs> our speaker, he's looking for connections with um, job opportunities, like creating a new business, so SBDC and economic development. Thank you. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no problem. I do like the, uh, I just want to give a, a, a shout out to the city. It's not CDAP time. We haven't talked about the blueprint or economic development, but I know the underworkings that have happened over the years. Um, I remember there was a time where Martin Luther King Celebration Day for me was just as important and historical as the, the matter was the way uh, this country has just went about just doing things on a, it's just a, you know, hey, it's Martin Luther King, we do this, this, and this, and that. A systematic way, you lose its value, but when the work that's being, that I know that's being done through CDAP, the blueprint, and just seeing the impact that it has on the community as a whole, outside of these walls, um, it makes, for me, those day, that day more, not just symbolic, 
but it makes me feel like the, we're getting closer to the dream. Um, we do have some challenges um, that are probably outside of this, but they come inside of our chambers. Uh, we have people who can't read. We have people who can't write. We have citizens who um, um, can't do, have trouble with math. And those are things that we'll have to tackle. I know that we are, we have to tackle, whereas it's not necessarily a direct function of ours as a, as a governing body, it does impact us. And so um, I thank you for the work that's being done. And there's a lot of things that are, that are happening that have given hope to people. Um, I also thank the council because there are people that can't read. There are people that can't write. There are people that don't have hope. And when you don't have hope and you don't have, and there's a, you have generations of hopelessness. And um, this doesn't just hit the African-American community. A lot of times we're the face of these issues, but to be real honest with you, there are just as many um, other ethnicities that have the same hopelessness. They can't read. They can't write. They have and so the work that's being done is, is major. And so I just, it's not a typical day. We don't have a presentation, but I want to say thank you for the work that's being done. I want to thank the council for the work that's being done and also the community that continues to encourage us for the work that continues to need to be done. Anyone else? Councilmember Piambetti. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, just a very quick uh, thank you to Public Works and uh, police and uh, fire and EMTs for um, keeping our community safe these past few days um, with everything that has been going on with these this crazy weather and um, everything else. Thank you. I think with that comment, you wiped out everybody else who had their hand up. So thank you from all of us up here. We really appreciate the work. Anyone else? City Manager. Thank you, Your Honor. There will be no meeting on the fifth Tuesday of January. We do not meet on January 30th, but we will be back in chambers on February 6th. And the administration is requesting a closed session to discuss pending litigation tonight. Thank you. I move that we go into closed session for pending litigation followed by adjournment. Second. Uh, please call the roll. Council Member Gladney. Yes. Kyles? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Shannon? Yes. Williams? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes. We are adjourned. No, we are recessed into closed session to be followed by adjournment. <laughs>